0: But we're joined right now by an NFL Network reporter, also an NFL.com columnist, also the co-host of the Too Deep podcast and the Red, Gold, and Bold podcast, focusing on the Kansas City Chiefs. Of course, I'm talking about Jeffrey Chadiha. Jeff, good to have you back. How you doing, man?
1: I'm doing great. How are you doing, Jeff?
0: Good, good, Jeff. Appreciate you. Thanks so much. So let me ask you, generally speaking, how tough a weekend was it for all the doubters, and haters, and skeptics, (laughs) and what were some of your biggest takeaways from the divisional round?
1: Well, for me, this weekend was about uh, doubters and haters taking a hit. You look at some of the storylines, whether it was Lamar Jackson in Baltimore getting that playoff monkey off his back, or Jared Goff getting a chance to show people that he's still a pretty good quarterback in Detroit, and uh, Brock Purdy, the game manager, finding a way to get a game-winning drive, and of course, the Kansas City Chiefs go on the road and get in that first playoff when people thought that they weren't going to be able to do it. I think there was a lot of people feeling good about um, being motivated by proving people wrong this weekend. And so that, to me, was the the theme of the the week.
0: Jeffrey Chihai joining us. All right, so why don't we talk about a few of those things, starting with Kansas City. Do you feel like they finally got right offensively? Have they solved their problems on that side of the ball?
1: Well, I say maybe, just because it's been a wild year for them and a tough second half, and you've seen them have good moments and then regress. But you had to love what you saw in Buffalo. And I, th- I don't know why I-, I did this to myself, but I always forget how much Patrick Mahomes shouldn't be questioned when he's got a chip on his shoulder and something to prove himself. And they wanted to go on the road and show they could win on the road and that that offense could play at a high level. And you saw them running the football. You saw them. Going three tight ends. You saw Travis Kelsey come back to life. You saw Marquez Valdez Scantling catching the football, which I never thought would happen again <laughs> in, in my lifetime. So, yeah, I think that they, they should feel good about themselves because now they're back in the championship game. They got the most experience of any team in that game, and that makes them really scary.
0: Jeffrey Chidiha joining us. I may circle back to them, but I want to ask you about Buffalo. Another year, another major disappointment for the Bills. Like, would you argue this might be or is the most painful loss for the current regime? And then where do the Bills go from here?
1: Well, I'm not a member of Bills Mafia, and I have a ton of respect for their fan base, but I don't know how this could not be the most heartbreaking moment uh, in this run they've had with Josh Allen and Sean McDermott uh, leading the way. Because you got the chiefs at home, they're not playing well, you got an opportunity to get back to the AFC championship game where you haven't been since twenty twenty you've run six straight games and you still lay an egg in, in the in in the key moments and for me, that's what my takeaway is for the bills over the last four or five years is that they just when they've had a chance to make those plays they've had to make to win these kind of games, they haven't gotten it done and so you still you do have to look at you know, not just Josh Allen, but, but, but McDermott, who I really like as a coach, who's done a great job there. But, hey, John Elway let John Fox go in Denver and then win a championship with Gary Kubiak. You know, the Tampa Buccaneers let Tony Dungy go and won a championship with John Gruden. Like, maybe it's time for that ownership group to think about those kinds of moves to get this team over the hump.
0: See, that's the thing, right? They've got to do something. I put this out on the X last night where I said, look, it, you can't run it back. Jeff, right? You cannot run it back. It doesn't work. Clearly, it's not working, but what do you change? You're not changing the quarterback. Let me ask about Josh Allen because he's taking some heat today. How much of this is on him, and how much of this is he just keeps running into the one guy who's better than him?
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's like Ali and Frazier, right? Um, Right, exactly. uh, Yeah, and so, yeah, that that is a big part of it that you're playing against arguably the greatest player, a guy who's going to be the greatest player in the history of the NFL and Patrick Mahomes, but I look at it like Joe Burrow beat Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> you know, Lamar Jackson, if he wins next week, will have beaten Patrick Mahomes. It, it is doable, and so Josh Allen has a fine way to do it. But, you know, I know people are, are questioning some of the mistakes he made or some of the decisions he made down the stretch there. I thought he played a pretty good game. I thought that the defense gave him zero help. Um, they couldn't get a key stop. But, I thought late in that game when it was coming down the stretch, when they had a couple minutes left, I thought that they would actually get in the four-down territory, get Andy Reid to use his timeouts, and leave the Chiefs' no opportunity to at least get the ball back. And so that's the only thing I really questioned about how he played was that he could have managed the game better at the end, but. Really, you look at that game in total, he was the reason why they were in it in the first place.
0: I agree. I'm not putting this on him at all. I, I bring the question up because that is a conversation, but I'm not putting that one on him. Jeffrey Chidiha joins us. So what about Baltimore? They looked unbelievable defensively once again. You actually posed the question in your column this morning, so let me reset it right here. Can that Ravens defense be solved? And I'll add to that, I had Kyle Van Noy on last hour, man, and he is absolutely locked and really confident.
1: Yeah, I think it's going to be tough for the Chiefs to solve them or anybody else to solve them because you look at how they played against some of the best teams in the league. They beat the crap out of Detroit. Um, you know, they beat the Rams. They beat up on San Francisco. They beat up on on the, the Dolphins. And you look at the, every level of that defense. They have a Pro Bowl level player or multiple Pro level Pro Bowl Pro, Pro, Pro players. The linebacker core is really strong with Roquan Smith and Patrick Queen. They got a. You know, a jack a tra- jack of uh, a jack knife of a defensive back and Kyle Hamilton they can use in different situations. They get Marlon Humphrey back at corner, that's another pro bowl guy you're adding to it, and Justin Matabuque has had, you know, a breakout season at defensive tackle. They stop the run, they get after the passer, they turn you over, they keep you out of the end zone. They do so many things to create problems and CJ Stroud in a Houston offense was was humming when they came in there. They did nothing, and so I think this is going to be the biggest challenge Patrick Mahomes may have faced in the playoffs in a long time.
0: Agreed. Jeffrey Chidiha joining us. We started by talking about how it was a bad day for the haters, about a bad day for Brock Purdy haters. How much did he prove with that game-winning drive against Green Bay?
1: Well, for me, I know people are going to look at how he played overall, which wasn't great, but it was rainy. He was without Debo Samuel, Uh, the Packers, have found a way somehow to play good defense again after the way they were playing late in the season. But when you're when you go through that kind of game, and let's remember, he's second year quarterback. I think now he's started 23, 24 games in his career now. Like he's still a young guy, and to to be able to get through that and with a game winning drive on the table, you got to go down, lead your team to a score, to go six for seven. You know, have the offense clicking. Put themselves in position to get McCaffrey into the end zone for the game-winning score. That to me shows you that this guy isn't just a nice story or a system quarterback. He can make plays when things go wrong. And I know that was a knock on him earlier in the year when they went to that three-game losing streak. But he delivered when they had the, when they needed it most. And he should be he should be applauded for that lauded <laughs> he, for that. It's like people act like this guy can't do anything. He's a pretty good quarterback.
0: I think the guy's more in a system quarterback, personally. I think that, Jeff, for those who think that, they're always going to look at where he was drafted. They're going to look at you know, how he is physically, what system he plays. And no matter what this guy does, those who are of that belief are always no. going to be, be of that belief. But I think he's more than that, personally. I agree with you. What about the fact, what about Detroit, right? The Packers nearly pull off the upset against the Niners. What does Detroit have to do to go to San Francisco and shock the world?
1: Keep doing what they've been doing. I've always said this about Dan Campbell and that team, and I've been able to be around in the last couple off seasons. What I respect most about this year's Lions is they they know who they are, and they're not trying to be anything but that. And so they have a very good foundation. You know, Brad Holmes, the GM, and Dan Campbell talk about grit all the time. They wear that that, that, that word out. But it's real for them. And they know that they wanted a tough-minded team that was built for tough moments, and this team three years ago was a three-win team. And they, they had to fight their way to where they are today. And so to go into San Francisco, I don't think they're I don't think they're scared about this now. I think they've been waiting for this opportunity to show the world that they're more than just a team that could win their division, could get into playoffs, that they can legitimately win a championship with this group. And so I think their chance is pretty good, especially the way Green Bay played in San Francisco last weekend.
0: I think you're right. I think they have a puncher's chance or more. Jeffrey Chidiha joining us. I agree with you. Like they're they're Yes, they're playing with house money, but they're not acting like they're playing with house money. They expect to go there and win that game. And not only do I think they expect to go there and win, I don't think they'll think it's a shock if they do. Before I let you go, Jeff, let me ask you about the Texans, who I absolutely love. I thought they had an amazing season that nobody saw coming. But here's an interesting question. You actually posed this. It's one thing to win three games and then have nobody expect it, and then shock the world. But what happens the following year when everybody's expecting it and you've got that proverbial bullseye on your back? Which is tougher, the first or the second?
1: Oh, the second's tougher for me because, you know, the way the NFL's set up, that, you know, you're going to get an easy schedule when you're a losing team. You're going to have a lot of opportunities to to get wins. And really, look, I love the Texans too, but the AFC is going to be a house next season because you've already got Lamar and Patrick and Josh Allen, but then you're getting Joe Burrow back healthy with Cincinnati. You're getting Aaron Rodgers finally. Not talking about conspiracy theories and Jimmy Kimmel and playing football again. You're, you're going to have uh, Anthony Richardson in that division. who looks like he's going to be a player for the Colts. Justin Herbert could be better coached with the Chargers. It's just not going to be as easy as getting – uh, you know, 10 wins, as it was for this team. But I, I love their opportunity, and I love D'Amico Ryan and what they can do with C.J. Stroud. But look at Jacksonville and where they are right now. It's, it's tough to keep coming back year after year winning in that conference right now.
0: I love the Texans, but I think that's a very good comp, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Hey, Jeffrey, one last thought. What about Baker Mayfield? Do you think, do you think that he looks around, or do you think that he has found his home, and do you think they've found their quarterback of the future, at least the near future?
1: Yeah, I believe both are true. And, you know, Baker, to me, as watching him over the last few years, I have a ton of respect for how he's handled his career. Most guys who go to four teams in in less than a year in like a 12-, 13-month span never recover from that, end up being journeyman quarterbacks and, you know, carrying clipboards. And he found a way to get to a place to compete for a spot uh, and, and to give that team a little feistiness. You know, I think that, you know, when Tom Brady retired, we all wondered, what was going to happen to the Bucks? And, and Baker went in there and let them know that they can still win that division. They can still compete for a playoff spot with him under center. And so I, I think he's always been the kind of guy who's at his best when his back is against the wall and he's under underestimated. And so keeping that in house would be good for the Bucks and having him know that you know, hey, I'm, I'm in a place where I'm wanted again. I think that means a lot once you've been knocked around in this league.
0: I think you're right. I love the guy I've always had his back when it's not always easy to have his back. I think there's something different about him and it's that toughness than that grit not to get greedy, but one last thought Jeff, what is going to happen to Bill Belichick? what do you think is the best fit what do you think where do you think he wants to go and where do you think he'll end up
1: well, I think he wants to go someplace where he can win a lot of games real fast right get that record right <laughs> so I think that's he's not he's not going to some he ain't going to Carolina. I can promise you that um but it um the Falcons look like the front runner they've been you know, the team most linked to him over the last few weeks. But, you know, I'm not trying to get Sean McDermott fired. But, God, if I'm Buffalo, I'm thinking long and hard about him being the coach there. If if you really want to win a championship and the roster you have and the quarterback you have. But I imagine he's going to land with the Falcons because Arthur Blank has deep pockets. They've got a lot to work with down there. The defense was, was really undervalued. They played pretty good defense. A lot of money, a lot of draft capital on on skilled players. You've got to find a quarterback, and you're playing in a weak division. Tom Brady made that same move, and it worked out for him. I think Bill Belichick goes to Atlanta, does you know, the same thing. You
0: know what you just says really interesting. Like I'm not looking to get anybody fired either, McDermott especially. But do you think that Buffalo has it within them? because they, if they take a step back and look at this rationally? Do you think they could reach the conclusion that this guy gives us a better chance to win it all? This is the guy that we need to get over the hump. Could you see them actually doing that?
1: You know what? The Pagulas have been, the owners there have been really um, strongly behind McDermott. And, he's again, he's done a great job there. That was an awful franchise when he showed up and he's gotten him into the playoffs. He's won division championships. But, again, I mentioned Tony Dungy. And I mentioned John Fox for a reason. It's like you only get so many opportunities. The window is only open for so long if you want to win a championship. And it's a cutthroat business. Players get cut all the time if they're not producing at a high level. And again, I think Sean McDermott's done a great job. But given what's out there right now in the head coach in the head coaching cycle, the Jim Harbaugh's, the Bill Belichick's, the Mike Vrabels, even even a guy like Pete Carroll, guys who've won championships or come close to doing it. Man, if I'm the ownership group, I'm at least thinking about that possibility. We're doing it with with Nick Sirianni. We've done it with Mike McCarthy. I don't think Sean McDermott gets a pass for that. I think you're right.
0: I think that's fair. He is an NFL Network reporter and NFL.com columnist. Got a couple of great podcasts as well. He is Jeffrey Chidiha. Jeff, really appreciate you. Thanks so much for that.
1: Always fun, man. Take care. You
0: too. Take care. Love Jeffrey Chidiha. All right. So there's another angle. There's another conversation for you. One, do you run it back? Okay, you don't run it back. We know this. But what changes do you make? You're not changing the quarterback. Josh Allen's fine. Do you change the head coach? And if you don't change the head coach, what do you change? Obviously, they're getting older. Obviously, there's going to be some cap issues. But I don't ever remember a time where there were so many quality head coaches championship caliber or actual championship winning coaches that are available i agree with him if you're the pakulas you have to at least think about it right